Welcome to Merit Stabling Path. Before we begin today's show, just a quick shout out to a great initiative. For all Bitcoiners in Asia, you should know that Bitcoin for India, which is a volunteer-led group of Indian Bitcoiners, is organizing Asia's largest Bitcoin-only conference on the 5th and 6th of November at Goa, India. Catch up with plebs from all around the world, be part of the conversation, join in on the various workshops, all while being surrounded by lush green forests and picturesque beaches. For more details, visit www.bitcoinforindia.org slash conference. That's Bitcoin for India as in B-I-T-C-O-I-N, the number 4, I-N-D-I-A dot O-R-G slash conference. Hope to see you there. And now, let's get back to the show. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. So today this one is sort of going to be a bit different. Today I'll be in the other, like on the other end of receiving questions. I have Tofik here with me. Uh, like Tofik and me had like Tofik has been on the podcast before. It is on episode forty three. You can go and check that out. But yeah, we're going to be discussing money, Bitcoin, crypto, and like everything else. So. Thanks, Tofik, for making the time. And yeah. Thanks, Eric. And thanks for plugging in our previous podcast. But it should come with a bit of a caution as well that it's a three hour long podcast the last yes. time when we added that. So if you are going there, just have three hours to spare. But nonetheless, uh, I think Merrick and I have decided today to keep this as short and concise as possible because uh, when it comes to money, uh, there is not much a storytelling around it. We want to be more specific, we want to yes. be a bit more. Uh, harsh maybe and a bit more brutal so play mm. it on man uh, yeah thanks for doing this rather uh, because you have to turn the tables uh, yeah. you're going to be yeah uh, now in the hot seat uh, for a change how does that feel yes i mean i still feel like you're still going to be like a one-on-one conversation so trying to keep that off my head as much but yeah it's still see hopefully it's like yeah yeah you don't confuse me much and you don't have like really complicated questions. Hopefully I'm able to address everything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll, I'll try to be nice. It's, it's my job not to be when I'm not on podcast and doing journalism, sir, but I'll, uh, I'll rather keep it uh, nice and soft for you as much as I can. But this is where I'm going to start, Merik. Uh, so sure. Firstly, uh, November 2021 was the first time uh, I got convinced into trading cryptocurrency. And a week later, the market crashed. Right. I had almost kind of uh, given up on the fact that, oh, okay, this is just another fad that is about to die off. But as And when I did a bit of my research, I said, okay, fine. It is something which is not so easy uh, or it's too early to give up on it. And roughly around that time, April, earlier this year, you and I had that conversation, which yep. reinstated my faith that... Uh, all right, I'm kind of on the right trajectory. Mm-hmm. But then we are, st- well, 
I'm still a little skeptical to say that crypto is in the bear run, uh, bull run anymore. It is still still bearish in yes. a way because every time I look at it. So here's where we are. Uh, my reinstated faith in cryptocurrency has again uh, shaken a bit. So mm-hmm. I want you to kind of clarify a few things because the nuts and bolts of cryptocurrency still remain a mystery. And I want to kind of uh, peel the onion to find the onion inside and, yeah. and see how much how much I can explore and see if I can still continue with this uh, cryptomania that we are living in under these days. Of course. Yeah. So, so yeah, since the last time we spoke, I think gradually I, I changed my mindset around cryptocurrency and the like. I started doing more research into like uh, more research into the history of cryptocurrency and like you know how different tokens were created and and like and the other thing is and like once I started going down that rabbit hole what I really got what I really tried to answer is like what is money and like how do people place value into things because if you're aware there was like this big NFT boom that was happening during that in the bull run where people, mm-hmm. where celebrities, there's uh, buying this board apes worth millions of dollars. And like, you know, all, mm-hmm. so I was like trying to f- figure out like, wh- where do people place value? And then I started going down this money rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure like how many of you are aware of this money and like, Tofik yourself as well. Like, like, are you like, like, I'll just like give us a sort of a brief history of money, right? Like, Okay. Yeah. So, so I, I'm interested. I am interested in knowing this and uh, what I understand out of money. Of course, now we have to first clearly make a distinction between money as in currency, and then we have digital currency. So right. you've got your bank currency, and then yes, uh, and then you. There's so much of overlap. It's hard to kind of say which one, which two are we talking about. But let's say money in general. I mean, I mean, right from the time where barter system looked like it is a redundant policy, and we should have some sort of an exchange, and we came up with the concept of currency. Currency. Uh, and then currency became a bank guarantee, and then bank guarantee con- uh, con- uh, converted into commodity mm-hmm. pricing, and then com- commodity pricing. We went on to uh, the fiat currency was uh, as per gold standard, and then. Yes. Now we have uh, a signatory, uh, just uh, <laughs> say trust in God currency. Trust in God uh, currency. Yes. That, because that that's essentially what what the US dollar says in God we trust. <laughs> like fine. So that yeah. and then we had the digital currency. So let let me let if if you have gone down that rabbit hole, I want to find out what did you find in that rabbit hole for money in general and then i'll come on to uh, digital and then probably we'll talk uh, crypto so let's let's go back a little let's yeah 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 sure. yeah uh, the way i was thinking of addressing it is yeah like we just need to like figure out like where did money come in the human storyline right like you know how would have money come into a picture mm. so if you think back far enough like maybe uh, say uh, people use different sorts of money in different areas so if people that were living in the mountains they they would it would have been hard to come by seashells so they would have used seashells as money right mm-hmm. like if for a hunter gatherer ti- tribe mm-hmm. they they would have used so if they hunted like an animal they would have used the bones as currency mm-hmm. you know uh, so yeah so all these different kind of currencies were used like in africa they were using glass beads in 
in New York, they were using seashells till like in the 17th century. So all these different commodities, uh, commodities that came into existence. So, but like, if you peel it back like one more layer, like how would it have, if you think about it, like either those people, so like money itself, I would say like it will fall into four stages or three stages. Mm-hmm. One stage, it will be as a collectible. So someone found these mm-hmm. seashells or like a few people found these seashells in this tribe. So they started collecting it. Once they started collecting it, they would have someone started like either started exchanging it for other goods or they started using it as a store of value. There's always been an argument which came before, like either it's Mm -hmm. a store of value or either it's a medium of exchange. I say both of them, both of those fields would have gone hand in hand. Like when there is, when it's used as a medium of exchange, then I can probably decide like, I'm going to store these seashells for my kids or like, yeah, Mm -hmm. so I can store it or from the future. And sure. and then finally, I think it would be come to this final form where it's a unit unit of account. So unit of, of account is like basically I'm going to pay you two seashells for five apples. Mm. So then mm. it comes to its final form where it's a unit of account. Mm. So, so yeah, for the longest time money has still been used as I mean a wealth in itself had an intrinsic value. So uh, today we're. De- the the closest of the common currency we come up to the and especially the ones who are not yet completely digital we've got the paper note paper. Uh, which doesn't particularly have an intrinsic value but for a longest time we did have money with intrinsic value like wheat was currency dates was currency gold was of course currency silver was currency um what changed so okay. so you mean like how did we come to this paper Money, monopoly yeah. money, like how are we using yeah, monopoly because, today? For example, it's just like, yeah, exactly. Because, uh, I mean, no matter what exchange value uh, or value of uh, unit value gold holds, it has its own value in itself. It can Correct. be traded for a certain value, but it has its own value as well. Right. So right. With, with, pa- with paper currency, it doesn't have that either. Because yes. uh, paper doesn't have the, the, pa- the value of the paper is nothing. But depending upon what's written on it and who signs it off, right? And with digital, even that is gone. So it's kind yes. of a decline of the the concept of currency in a way as well. So mm. I'm interested in uh, knowing from your and in your research where where did you find that that has changed for you? Yeah, uh, I think the, like I'll go back even one step further when gold was being used as money, and mm-hmm. like when it was used as money, then they they came into be a central authority over gold. So there a king was issuing his own coins or in various regions right so many times and whenever this has gone into authority like whenever issuance of money has gone into authority there's always been misuse like no everyone is tempted to misuse that power so Mm -hmm. so they've always so say so they say like they were meant to produce 100,000 units because that's Mm -hmm. the value of gold that they had they will lower the mm. quality of the gold. They'll mix the gold. They'll uh, they'll make uh, they'll weigh it down smaller. All these different mm. techniques were used mm. to produce more gold and keep sure. keep the extra issuance for themselves. Some some would have been like there would have been good intentions for doing that, like to help like uh, build roads, to build hospitals, or whatever it may be. And they'll issue it like the, that would have been like a way of issuing. So, but in most cases, it was like they just greed, right? Mm. So. So yeah, that was happening for a 
for the longest time, you can say, like when we are using gold and silver, that was happening for the longest time. Silver obviously fell down, uh, fell down, the, like it went off being money because one thing that comes into play is the stock to flow ratio. That is how much stock of gold exists and what is the new inflow of gold. So gold has this really good stock to flow ratio where there's like not enough gold is produced. So it is able to maintain that value. But what happened with silver once it was used as money and then mining technologies improved, there was lots mm. of, inf there was a huge influx of silver into the market. And then silver was just like started yeah. sort of getting worthless. Right. That would have, if you scale that back even further, that's what happened to seashells. That's what happened to bones or whatever it may be that was used as currency mm -hmm. before that. So that's why gold has held this because of the strong stock to flow ratio that gold has, it's held this value. Then we move on to where this gold issuance. So people were using gold as currency and then like all these, but what the one problem with gold being currency was it's, it was scalable across time. So you can store gold it, It's and it's it's gold in the future. You can store gold, uh, you can save it for your kids. But the problem arise when it had to move across space. So hmm. with gold, it cannot be moved over long distances. I mean, it can be moved, but then it's expensive to move, right? Like, and then there's, and uh, back in those days, we were moving mainly over, we are moving gold and goods over, uh, over boats, like on boats, or like on the sea. So there was like always a fear of like uh, pirates and all this kind of stuff that was going on, right? Uh, so what does what came into being was where we'll deposit gold at a junk, like you'll deposit gold in New York. Then you get a mm -hmm. paper receipt, which can be taken across to Europe and that can be withdrawn for gold in Europe. So that's mm -hmm. how this paper got introduced, where it was redeemable for gold. And this was going on well for a longest time. And during this and and during this time, like most of the world converged on this one currency. And if you go to see, like that's that's what will happen in the future as well. You'll get to that, but but there's always going to be a convergence on this one strong currency, like on this one strong commodity that is going to be used as money. Correct. But uh, yeah. didn't that change? Uh, like, didn't the gold standard change? At yes, I'm getting. Yeah. So, so once we got like onto uh, gold and it was used. So, it, like, there was various small banks, small time lenders. Everyone was like taking deposits, acting as a depository for gold, and like issuing these papers. And then again, like as as that issuance was giving into power of these few people, they had the same greed that was there where they were issuing more tokens uh, mm -hmm. compared to how much of gold they have in their mm -hmm. in, in their depo like in their, in their vaults in the so reserves, yeah. in their reserves in their vaults in their reserves yes so so then the arching uh, over uh, like then the government started coming into this market and there's like like we'll take over this you know it started with a uh, uh, bank of amsterdam i believe it started in the dutch and then it went on to it, it then it went then uk was the strongest issuer and then, mm. then it went on to us so and and it's the same thing like when, even though it's a government using it they had the same sort of greed that was there where they were issuing more paper currency than they actually had reserves so when it comes i think so then us was like if from the us perspective so in around 1910 1913 to be precise i think 
uh, that's when so initially when the paper currencies were issued like the us dollars you can go to the bank and give your dollars and you can take gold in return but that stopped in the 1930s people were not allowed to exchange dollars for gold then they went on to a system where like only the banks were allowed to exchange gold between themselves going back further i think then that was world war 1 another interesting thing that i found out was because issuance of currency centralized so much towards these authority figures towards nations that gave them the ability to wage war that gave them the ability to create money to fund the wars and that's where the wars came into play place as well so that's where world war came into place where they had this more uh, they had this control over like and nations controlled over issuance of money mm, mm. so once we yeah so once they had that then it was world war 1 and then then i think the war got over then there was like a depression period it was 1930s that the us government told its citizens that they they didn't they confiscated gold from all their citizens so it was illegal to hold gold in the us after 1930s so they confiscated yes and they increased their reserves so that was where us actually came in the really like they got a really dominant position on the global on the global scale then came world war 2 us was completely isolated from world war 2 where the war was happening in europe and like these other nations so they could they could be on the side and like watch what's going on and like gain power while all of this is happening so yeah so so world war 2 is happening us is uh, us confiscated all the gold from its citizens it has all this power towards the end of the war they waged in they supported which, whichever I can't remember who it was but obviously they didn't support germany and they supported the other the other like parties how. involved yes and uh, yeah so then so that's so that's still till then we are still on the gold standard but then then it then the bretton woods system came into place what that introduced was where the the all these countries came in together and they decided that only us will hold all the reserves and now banks cannot trade gold amongst each other now only the na- countries can uh, store their reserves with us and then they can exchange uh, exchange their currency exchange their receipts for gold from the us and that was going on for a, so we are still on the gold standard that is still going on for a while and and then i think yeah it was going on for a good 20 years towards 19 exactly 19 towards 1971 or in the early so late 60s 70s that's when france decided that they don't trust the us and there's like we want to get our reserves out of the us i think there was another country that started a little before then and like various countries started deciding okay we need to get our reserves out of us so mm. the french had actually sent a large fleet of boats to get their gold off mm-hmm. and that's i think it was president nixon there yeah so then he announced yeah. that yeah we are not going to like we'll go off the gold standard completely and we are going to like you know there's no more like no countries are allowed to withdraw gold and that's where it, we went on a total fiat based system which is as you said trust in god system great so this is where i am having this question uh, which is begging an answer commodities 
turned into currency currency turned into well let's say an issuing note from mm-hmm. issuing note also then it in case became something which is tangible in the sense so the commonality in this was basically the logistics of it how does money travel and how fast the money travels right and uh, but until 70s we were still heavily dependent on physical currency but right. we still had the means for technology we, right. we still had some sort of basic computers and stuff like that mm-hmm. so why wait until 2009 for crypto why wait until 2009 for crypto so yes uh, in the sense so yeah as we are speaking about money there was like and like as slowly as money started getting corrupted like you know it's always been getting corrupted in the hands of authority there were there were cryptographers there were libertarians that wanted to separate this tie that is from with money and state like the money and governments mm-hmm. and they've been there's been like there've been several attempts at this there's an early attempt called digital cash digicash mm-hmm. then okay. yeah, yeah i think i know that term yeah digicash yeah. yeah. Digi there was a digicash there was e money there was bitgold there were several of these attempts mm. at creating this money that cannot be corrupted but they all mm-hmm. failed on like different fronts and like they were all ca- or they were got captured by regulations there was another one there yeah. was a yeah hash cash and like all these the technologies were being developed like of being it incorruptible like mo- like they either got captured by regulations or they were not able to sustain themselves and this is for several reasons that they had like but the major one is the double spend problem where they were not able to basically the time between the transactions there was like a lag between the transactions so someone could spend mm-hmm. the money twice that was one issue mm-hmm. yeah okay fair enough so just because of the lag and then by the time it gets corrected it's the loss is done right yeah so because of the, there was a lag problem uh, there was another one which now it's can't remember on top of my head but yeah there was the lag was the double issuance was the problem and mm-hmm. mm, i can't remember on top of the head what is the second one but okay. yes yeah fair enough and uh, while i mean like so in 70s we had nixon of course uh, abolishing the gold standard mm-hmm. and uh, then we had banks coming up with their own forms of digital currencies like uh, let's say i mean credit cards or our internet banking becomes right, right. Uh, comes to my come, comes to my mind um so what what do you what did you find uh, according to your research was the reason for having a decentralized currency while the history of decentralized currency has, as you just mentioned was either it was uh, caught up into the regulations of it mm-hmm. or it was just not sustainable enough so yeah so like it's so there was different as i mentioned there was different attempts of building this and bitcoin was just another attempt at being building it right like so then but with bitcoin like the main like as i said the main focus was yeah one the, the second problem that i didn't mention that was which i mean like a, that is the issuance problem like how do we make sure that it is issued fairly right like we don't want mm. to 
issue like a bunch in the set. So say we start with like a say we'll start with like thousand bitcoins. Who gets those thousand bitcoins? Why do they get those thousand bitcoins? So that's not fair in the start. Mm-hmm. So so that that issuance problem was like that was issued like with Bitcoin. Uh, that that was solved with Bitcoin. There's the double spend problem that was solved with Bitcoin. So all these different problems were solved with Bitcoin, and then it was, and if we take it back to a structure of money, as I mentioned, where it is first a collectible, then a store of value or medium of exchange, and then unit of account. We've not reached with Bitcoin where where it's a unit of account where with things are priced mm-hmm. in Bitcoin. We've not reached there yet, but it started with collectibles where the early people that started playing around with it were like these coders, these cypherpunks, cryptographers. They start. They've or they've. Or it's always been an open-ended project. So always people weighing in of how to uh, solve or basically trying to corrupt. They're trying to destroy it. Like they're trying to break it apart, tear it down, and they were not able to do it. So then they they have always collected it and in their collection process, same trying to tear it down. And then we come on to like. Yeah, so then then it slowly started getting more like they start. So these people who are trying to tear it down, they started seeing giving having more faith in it because it can't be teared down. They started sort of talking about it, and and then it started growing gradually. And then then uh, yeah, it started being and people see it as a good store of value. And it's been going on for the last ten years as a good store of value. In some cases, it's been used as a medium of exchange as well. So that's where we are now. Yeah. So what what. What does determine uh, Bitcoin that it stands out of all other uh, cryptocurrencies? Like there's so many which come in and go. Yes. Bitcoin has stood. And uh, why do you reckon that has happened? Absolutely. So uh, what has happened? So as, as Bitcoin came and like, and as it started gaining popularity, there were other coders other people that saw like okay this is something that people are interested in so they started building their and bitcoin as i mentioned bitcoin's code the code base is open anyone can go pick it up and use it for whatever right so anyone can go take the bitcoin code add their own they add their own mm-hmm. variations to it like to, uh, decide to use it however they want and mm-hmm. and issue their own cryptocurrency out of it so that's what has been going on for the last 10 to 13 years now. So different cryptocurrencies have been coming up, but they've and they've been doing it mainly to fill their own bags, basically profit off it. They've been doing it. They say they are solving different sorts of problems. There was one major issue with Bitcoin is it could like it couldn't process a lot of transactions. That was a big issue going on for long years. And uh, I think that was solved around 2017. Pretty late. It took it took them about seven years, you can say, to solve that problem. Where it is like the transaction limit, so to say. But people, like the coders, put their heads together and they figured to solve that without corrupting it. To end. so it took them that long to solve that problem. Where other cryptocurrencies came in and solved that problem before, but those those cryptos were they could easily get corrupted, easily get captured by regulation or easily have... So when you say corrupted, what, I mean, is this something to do with the technology uh, or the security of the technology or the technology in itself is uh, problematic or is there some ethical issue with it? 
majorly it's the ethical point uh, ethical issue with it may it's for the largest it's a once it as like if you go back to like as i was saying like the history of money right like when there is a central authority that is issuing currency there there's always going to be a problem of greed where they are going to issue more for themselves mm-hmm. and and basically then the rest the rest of the people that are using that currency are going to be losing out on it right like the, the inflation problem mm-hmm. so so that was the ma- major issue with all the crypt- cryptocurrencies that have come and gone and that will come again and probably go again okay so basically as, as i'm hearing from you is that uh, uh, crypto is here to stay but it is very difficult to determine which one to which one's the horse you want to bet on like bitcoin looks like the only reliable horse at the moment by the sounds of that yes by the sounds of it bitcoin is the only reliable form of money even mm-hmm. if you go to say like now that we are moving to a more digital to this digital realm right like if, mm-hmm. if, from my point of view bitcoin is the only place that i would choose to store my store value because mm-hmm. i would say down like as we go far out into the future gold itself will not be looking as a good of a store of value we we obviously have property we have uh yeah property still have its value because it's still it's it's still scarce right mm-hmm. but gold itself yeah gold itself i think will lose value because it's it, yeah it's it's finite uh, yeah gold is uh, gold is finite it has this stock to flow uh it has a good stock to flow ratio where there's like little mm. produced but there's very less industry application of it so it's not going to be used in industries as much compared to other metals mm. where it is used in industries but then those metals they have a stock to flow problem right and uh so when it comes to uh, again i'll bring you back on uh, crypto itself uh i understand why it needed to be uh, begun and stuff like that now but today with all the mumbo jumbo that goes around with what crypto is and what bitcoin is for someone who actually knows just enough to know that okay fine bitcoin is a tradable coin and and kind of reliable and uh, ethereum is something which we can look into and then there's ada and there's solana and then of right. course there's uh, doge and shiba who are making <laughs> a bit of a noise these days um but yep. where does a person start and and I mean, somebody might have a hundred dollar worth of an appetite. Some might, might right. some might have a thousand dollar worth of appetite. What does he do? I mean, if let's say if it is money that I'm happy to lose, mm. what do I do? Where do I go and invest it? How do I invest it? Right. And and what what are the factors that I should cons- consider? Yes. So, uh, yeah, good question. So, firstly, like yeah, if you uh, you want a reliable horse to bet on, like. put your money only in bitcoin you want to gamble there's like as you mentioned there's like these dog coins there's like this this that you want to like yeah go to the casino that's up to you like you can choose to go to any of these coins but like for a reliable store of value for a long term from a long term perspective just stick to bitcoin go to bitcoin now how do you acquire bitcoin now the easiest way is is to going through exchanges and these are central like these are centralized bodies which sell cryptocurrencies so if you are based in india i think a common one is wazirx from memory mm-hmm. if you are based mm-hmm. in australia 
we are lucky here in Australia. We have Bitcoin only exchanges, and they sell mm-hmm. only Bitcoin. So there's Hard Block mm-hmm. and Bit Taru, and there's yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll put these uh, put these links in the show notes as well. Mm-hmm. So you so so yeah. So you go buy these. So you take your hundred dollars. You buy it off the exchange, but then then the then the important step starts right. Uh, then you want to take that Bitcoin off the exchange and take it to a wallet. And now when you think about this wallet, we call them wallets, but they're actually signing. Uh, so they're signing devices of software. So you can have hot wallets. Hot wallets are basically still connected to the internet. And the disadvantage being they, they can still be corrupted. They can still be stolen off hot wallets. They can still be hacked into. Or you have cold wallets, which is like a pen drive like device. And you get your Bitcoin onto this pen drive like device. Now, if you're only going to be playing around with $100, then you can choose the hot wallet option because it's still secure. Yeah, uh, you, to hack into uh, e wallets or uh, exchanges is not going to worry about your $100. You've got uh, stock yes, that, the, yeah, th- that is one thing. But these, uh, these hot wallets are pretty secure as well. Mm-hmm. But if you like, yeah, on a long-term perspective, and obviously because you are going to buy this pen drive-like device, right? Like, so that's another hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So, so that that's where I'm saying, yeah, yeah. But 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 so, it comes. Sorry, can yeah. I just drag yeah. in one story here? Like, uh, uh, yeah, it just yeah, come yeah, from memory. So, the, so like, when you think about exchanges, you think about them being as banks. Now, one thing. We don't get. We think that the money in the banks belong to us, right? But we've seen this. Mm. Like, if you go, if you go, like recently, we've seen it happen. China, Sri Lanka, Lebanon. So this most recent one in Lebanon, where this mm. individual has two hundred thousand dollars of his own money in the bank, and he tries to withdraw fifty thousand dollars to pay for his father's medical bills, and he's not allowed to do so. He takes a gun, mm. holds the bank hostage just to get his own money out of the bank. Now, he's he's just a regular person. He's not a criminal and he wants to get his own money. So because of how the system is designed, the banks can just lock you out of your own money. He is forced mm. to become a criminal, take a gun and go to the bank. Mm. And, and he's doing all of it just to pay, just to be a good citizen, just to pay for his own father's medical expenses. So... Mm. That's the same thing that can happen on exchanges. When you leave your tokens on exchanges, mm-hmm. it's in that authority. So they can choose, they can shut down, they can get hacked and and you can lose your investment there. So th- mm-hmm. that's why it's it's one thing that goes is that's the key aspect is taking your cryptos, taking your Bitcoin mainly off the exchanges, storing it in a wallet. So that's the focus on that. So do do we have exchanges who also offer wallets? Uh, then it there is there are I think like sort of exchanges which are also offer wallets, but then it would still be like basically a banking system okay. where yeah, it still be like a banking system where it's just your it's not in your account but it's in your vault, right? Like it's your vault that you're renting in the bank. Uh, speaking about exchanges and uh, wallets, uh, Binance comes to my mind and mm-hmm. it's making quite a, quite some noise. It has its own crypto and it is in the financial world seems like people are talking with a lot of reliability and, and a lot of uh, 
future for this uh, BNB and and yes. uh, uh, Binance, so so to speak. Yeah, Binance has been doing pretty well in the market. Like, they've been there for a while. They they're most trusted. They are, I think they have like decent fees. They have their own token, which I'm not sure why they've designed that. That's another pump strategy for their own thing. They have their they actually have their own wallet, which is separate from the exchange, which is mm-hmm. which is sort of reliable. So they have Binance as the exchange. They have Trust Wallet as their own wallet. But then again, like if uh, if a newcomer wants to go into the space, they would get distracted by all these other offerings that Binance has. And I would rather suggest that they go to a place where they can only buy Bitcoin. So they avoid all these. Yes. But that's again a scary proposition because currently with the nosedive that Bitcoin has gone in, like, I mean, I, I don't know, sometimes people dub it for being Warren Buffett's... Uh, saying but they, you say in a way that you don't put all your eggs in one basket right. so uh, so doesn't that kind of make it a little more uh, riskier for someone who's let's say for someone like me who would have probably put right. money in uh, uh, bitcoin only in in november not that mm. any other other survive if bitcoin did not survive none, nothing else survived people have taken 75 to 80 percent hit on their investments right um Right. So when you see that thing happening and you know that Bitcoin is in a nosedive, mm. how do you end up trusting? I mean, what, what, like with currency in a way, funny enough, we still ended up starting trusting it. I mean, as much as right, it is right. very volatile in its, in its own sense, mm. but when you have a paper in your pocket, for some reason, there is always that trust that, okay, yeah. fine, this will have some value at least. Um, uh, and I can exchange it for eggs and what, and milk right. and, and bread. What can I do with Bitcoin? Right, right, right. So, as you said, uh, but as you said, like the paper has some value, but like if you look at South American countries like Venezuela and Argentina, Mm. their paper had no value, right? Like their paper within a year itself has been, was inflated like 100 and like inflated in three digits. So their money had Mm -hmm. like, even though they had all this paper, it's like worthless, right? Like I've seen pictures where they've stacked up tablefuls of money just to buy one chicken mm-hmm. right so that so yeah even whether it's in tangible form or intangible form when it comes to fiat money it's still it's still the same thing so that's one thing the other thing is uh, okay so wh- why why would you put your eggs in one basket like from my like from my understanding of crypto from my understanding of money uh, as it said, like a good store of value. Yeah, if you if you want to like if you think Bitcoin is a bit risky and you're like too new, uh, mm-hmm. as you mentioned as well, start somewhere small. Start somewhere where you can play around with. And but you know, from a long term perspective, Bitcoin has always gone up in an upward uh, like mm-hmm. you know on an upward trajectory. So mm-hmm. if you want to go off like a different store of value, you have gold as an option, which is a reliable option. Fiat is obviously not a good option because that's the gov- that's in the government's control and they can inflate it whenever they choose to. They can lock you out of it as they choose you, as that has happened in Sri Lanka, China. It's it's soon going to happen in Pakistan and if it's not already happening there. So, yeah, so fiat can lock you off. So you have gold as an option. You have real estate, like any other scarce good that can be a good option to store money is, uh, yeah, 
but i would okay. i wouldn't say gamble into other cryptocurrencies uh just because it comes back to being fiat again because someone can issue more of it and then your value is yeah there's yeah basically it comes to that purchasing power problem right like yeah. so if i if i may ask you in this uh, entrepreneurial language rather so i see that when i go on to choosing a, a cryptocurrency and you mentioned at the start uh, in the conversation that uh, every crypto is meant to at least or or designed to uh, solve a problem so if i look at a crypto hmm. how do i know that what problem is it solving like bitcoin is solving the problem of ledger keeping in a way uh, or and it it is an open ledger system mm. and it is a a a a chain for passing on information for financial uh, financial transactions that that's essentially what what i understand bitcoin to be it, it simplifies and makes it more transparent mm. how do i come how do i know what bitcoin or what cryptocurrency is set out to solve what problem is there an easy way to find that out sure so so what bitcoin is designed to solve is the money problem so in its origin like so there was like if you go into the technology part of it like in the first issuance of bitcoin itself like in the first block that was issued it quotes a line from the headline of the one of the papers from new uk which states like mm-hmm. the government is going to be printing in just a, like just uh, rephrasing that the government is going to be printing new uh, like more money to bail out the banks it was done that was 2008 crisis mm-hmm. yeah so it is designed to be money it is designed to solve all the problems around money now other cryptocurrencies claim to solve and i'll repeat they claim to solve various problems and they mm-hmm. can claim to solve whatever other problem but if they're going to be using a decentralized ledger if they're going to be using decentralized software they can easily build the same product on bitcoin and it's been happening with various things that are built on bitcoin there's like the lightning network which is like the payment software which is currently used in el salvador where el salvador has adopted bitcoin as their currency and mm-hmm. so for that you want bitcoin to move quickly small amounts you want them to be secure for a nation to use it as currency right like so you want that to be like extremely quick be able to mm-hmm. be extremely divi- div- uh, divisible and yeah so basically other cryptocurrencies i don't see them actually solving any other pro- like any problem other than mm-hmm. pumping their own bags rather okay interesting yeah. so you, you, you i mean I'm, i'm hearing that you're coming across as a strong advocate for bitcoin Mm. and and uh, almost putting every other uh, cryptocurrency at risk which is which is an interesting take so uh, allow allow me to ask you this then um if bitcoin becomes a standard in itself and uh, then we're talking about bitcoin in itself being a product of anti decentralization uh so oh sorry i'll rephrase that anti anti decentralization so yes. it, it it wants to decentralize uh currency in itself mm-hmm. but then in our conversation we've discussed where decentralized currencies and unregulated currencies have actually fallen uh victim to either greed or corruption or or unethical practices right um so where does bitcoin stand in the middle because if it's unregulated then it's not the government 
it, government is not protecting it right. and if it is decentralized there is no single point of contact how does then bitcoin in itself become a safe commodity as i think that's the reason why it becomes a uh, safe commodity like because there's no central authority controlling it so there can mm-hmm. be so then there's no there's never going to be that issuance problem right sorry what was the other thing that uh, so it's like i mean like when when you when you talk about all other cryptocurrencies uh, compared to bitcoin uh, yeah. they are falling falling victim to un, uh, de- well unre- because they are unregulated Mm-hmm. so the government comes hard on them and say all right fine these are the practices that are not you're not doing right close right. it down was right, right, right. it was it in problems uh, currently right, because right, of right. india's econ uh, india's right. econ uh, not that they've done anything wrong or maybe they have how, how would i know yeah, but right. uh, but indian government came very strong on to them saying yes, yes. no we are not adopting cryptocurrency and almost to the point that it's Claiming right. it to be illegal and stuff yeah so, so, so wasdex couldn't stand but bitcoin hmm. still stand Right, right, right. So basically, uh, you're saying is like, can a government shut it down? Is that the question? Uh, the fact that a government cannot control it, how does the regulation work? I mean, like, I remember in our previous conversation, you meant that there there are societies and then there are groups of people who are going to kind of be vigilant on the of the transactions that are happening, and then you you there are boards you can go to. But in essence, where the government and i'm not talking about failing governments i'm talking about stable relatively stable governments mm. are backing their currencies and which is why let's say australia for uh, for mm. for that matter even if we are hitting recession which we are probably going into right now mm-hmm. uh, the government is backing its currency right it will not let it lose the value of its currency yes but similarly if push comes to shove they're not going to back bitcoin yeah absolutely they are not going to back bitcoin and there's no reason for them to back bitcoin the bitcoin was created to separate control of state and government right so that, so there's going to be that disconnect from state and government in the past in the past there was like we can bring the religion where state and religion were together and then with the technology of the printing press that was that connection got destroyed right like because then the bibles were able to be printed and distributed at at scale and then that disrupted mm. like how religion got became mm. more of a individual thing and rather than being a control thing so true yeah so how like and another thing is like bitcoin cannot be stopped by the governments they can try they can try to stop transactions they can like they can like when push comes to shove the hardest thing that they'll have to do is uh switch off the internet but if they switch off the internet there's nothing else that would happen in a current mm-hmm. world right like china tried to ban bitcoin a few times and they failed mm-hmm. and china being like one of the most authority like having the most control over their po- population after mm-hmm. north korea they were not able to mm-hmm. stop it so i don't see other countries like having a way to stop it and that's how it's that's the design of it like where it's not going like where it cannot be stopped and that's where the that's why i'm speaking with so much of conviction like towards bitcoin fair enough so doesn't i mean isn't then in a way bitcoin also being beneficiary of the fact that government is coming hard on other currencies which are unregulated and following unregulated uh, and unethical practices practices because it's not bitcoin who's policing these other uh, these no. currencies it is the yeah. same government right against which bitcoin stands 
that is actually protecting bitcoin against all stupid other coins yes yes absolutely yes that's that's true and like we've seen but one thing like see the, the money aspect i don't think once you give control like say if you had control of a small community and you were their leader and you had the control of their mm-hmm. commodity you had the control of the currency you wouldn't want to give that power up so easily you would have probably passed it down to your kids or you wanted to maintain it mm-hmm. within your trusted mm-hmm. your trusted yeah. force right so the government is once bitcoin starts like really growing and like people really start seeing like what's it valued they are going to come hard against it so argentina mm-hmm. was on on the verge of adopting bitcoin as its currency after el salvador mm-hmm. but the imf offered them 40 billion dollars to not in as a bailout instead of picking bitcoin so yes they are they are watching they are watching and they are still but trying to maintain like their control on the like on the issue, money issuance problem situation mm-hmm. yeah so when you say bitcoin is uh, coming uh, as a as a very strong parallel to currency in general uh, is us dollar as the most uh, at at the at the most threat uh, to bitcoin or is it for all currencies in general or is it is us more us dollar more threatened by bitcoin than other currencies because every other currency every other world like china has its own way of valuing it right currency. right right Uh, and and uh, the Middle East has its own way of valuing its currency. Of right. course, it's all against US dollar in a way. Yes. But is US dollar the most at threat, or all paper currencies are at threat when it comes to uh, yeah, Bitcoin? Yeah, you say paper or digital or any centralized control currency is all at threat. Obviously, US mm-hmm. is majorly at threat, but because everything else is valued in the US dollars. Mm-hmm. One thing I would say I'd like to add is like you'd say like the US. money supply like you say the m2 money supply that's all your savings bank accounts all your currency notes and all of that has grown like has ballooned from 1970s from like some billions of dollars to like hundreds and trillions of dollars right and that's mm. as per us estimates there's mm. there's this other concept known as euro dollars that is dollars mm. that are being used outside of us which is Mm-hmm. very likely that's dollars used everywhere south america mm-hmm. europe or mm-hmm. wherever else because it's like mm-hmm. the most trusted form of currency mm-hmm. and there's no there's we don't know like we don't we don't know how much of those euro dollars that have been trading outside of us mm-hmm. so what, like what's the actual like su- supply or the flow of dollars happening in the market like nobody knows okay yeah so yeah so as, um, Great. Uh, so this is uh, where I mean, like, say, I mean, at this stage, uh, when it comes to crypto in itself, and of course, I mean, we we focused our conversation today more on on uh, on Bitcoin. Um, I'll come to the closest cousin of Bitcoin in the ex- crypto exchange world, uh, which arguably is Ethereum at the moment. Mm-hmm. So what's what's Ethereum's future at the moment, considering that both uh bitcoin and ethereum are more or less proportionately performing similar okay so firstly i would say all cryptocurrencies perform similar and they all like would probably move in the price of bitcoin like if so bitcoin goes up other crypto it drag takes the other cryptocurrencies up some will go higher than it some will go lower than it and when bitcoin goes down other currencies go down some will go higher and lower and that's how that's just how the that's just how it's been 
one one major reason i see why that happens is the cryptocurrency market is a 24/7 market so when people want to liquidate funds that's and also the riskiest market like because it's a new thing right like so when people want to liquidate funds that's probably where they're going to go first they'll go mm-hmm. exit of crypto or they'll go exit of bitcoin or whatever it is if if it's just used as an as an investment asset so yeah uh, sorry so where does ethereum stand here that was the question mm-hmm. great you brought it up if uh, i'm not sure whether you're aware of like how these technologies work on the back end but there's this concept of proof of work so proof mm-hmm. of work is the technology of like on how bitcoin uh, operates and mm-hmm. that's and that's where another problem another issue that people point out that bitcoin uses lots of energy because there's like all these miners that have to mine bitcoin and they mm-hmm. basically have computers running in the background which is using up energy and like that's how bitcoin is issued so basically miners put in a bunch of transactions they have to solve a computational problem which uses com- energy uses their uh, mm-hmm. you require a particular kind of hardware for mm-hmm. it and and that's how new bitcoin is issued in the system that's how the new flow comes in ethereum was built on the same system and now like for the last 3 years they've been trying to tackle this problem because it uh, it comes up uh, people say it's a climate environmental problem climate change problem so ethereum tried to solve this problem by moving on to a new protocol which they call proof of stake basically mm-hmm. what that is is if i have i have 32 ethereum i can stake it on the network and then i can uh, i can approve transactions um that's how it's designed and because i'm approving transactions i get rewarded for it but if you like take a deeper look at it it's the same fiat problem where mm-hmm. if someone has and you're rewarded in proportions to how much of ethereum you've mm-hmm. staked right mm-hmm. so basically it comes down to the same problem where the rich gets richer and the poorer stay poorer because the mm-hmm. p- p- person having the largest stake is going to get mm-hmm. the most amount of reward from it. yeah because he's approving more transactions yes no and and it's designed to pay out the people who percentage so if you like you know mm-hmm. like yeah so and in advantage is like uh, exchanges like binance and or uh, and the like because they can because they hold individuals assets on it and they can put all of that as a stake value so they so in in a way they have more control over the network so it centralizes in that sense if that makes sense so and ethereum yeah so ethereum i feel is like totally going to go like in a different direction now and uh, it's apparently scheduled to happen next month where they move on to the proof of stake merging yes that's merging. that's called the merger that's the merger yes okay so uh, ethereum uh getting into proof from moving on to uh, proof of stake from uh, proof, of, proof work of work is basically what the, the merger, merger is. is all about yes and people are saying that that is going to make uh, it, uh, ethereum's price skyrocket or have a huge bump yes that... that that is a big uh, yeah that is a big assumption that it, there's a like a huge like there'll be a huge appreciation in ethereum's price i'm not sure how that's going to play out because this plan that they had this plan that they had was going on for the last 3 years i would say and so people had locked in their money for the last 3 years for this 
for this protocol and i see a big bunch of those people like waiting to either liquidate like they've been waiting to liquidate that problem uh, liquidate that cash so it mm. could play out either way like it could could skyrocket or it could go down okay yeah so uh, i mean because uh, so uh, it seems that there's there's a bit of a wrap around on the subject that we are going now it's clearly understood that uh, uh, based on your research seems like bitcoin is one of the most stable uh, bitcoins and i'm not getting into stable coins at this stage all of the conversation will go further yeah. but before we start towards the uh, wrap of it as much as it might uh, what would be your after bitcoin what would be the next three uh cryptocurrencies that you would think that are worth investing and five if you want to go that far top three or top five whichever choose one uh honestly like from like what i've come to like with my research like if if i have to if i have to choose like top three top five whatever if i have to mm-hmm. put my own personal money i'll just put it mm-hmm. in bitcoin i don't have to think about anything okay. else like i don't have to think about centralization i don't have to think about issuance problems i don't have to think about like you know control or like this or that happening i don't have to think about regulatory capture i don't know if you're aware like that lately recently what happened was or what's going to happen in the future is just how gold was seized from the public back in mm-hmm. the 19th century where they like it was mm-hmm. illegal to hold gold at some point in the future it's going to be illegal to hold cryptocurrency and if and if and it's going to be pretty straightforward like if you brought money if you bought everything is digital if you brought it from binance they can and you you've provided your kyc they know where you live they know who you are they know how to get to you right so then they are going to this thing so to avoid that there's like these other things called mixing so where people come mm-hmm. in together they throw they throw their ethereum so it's basically it's per chain so uh, so people who are holding ethereum will come they'll throw their ethereum into this protocol like and like me you five other people 10 other mm-hmm. people they'll throw it and then it gives out the equal amount of ethereum to the uh, like mm-hmm. in a different but it's all mixed up so it's all jumbled so the mm-hmm. kyc linkage mm-hmm. is broken from there so that was okay. called tornado cash and that was captured mm-hmm. just 5 days ago by the us government so that's okay. illegal so... that's banned <laughs> that, the guy who created it that guy is in jail so so there's interesting yeah, yeah so so the fact that the government is coming hard on it means that there is some value to it <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah now so just before i let you go last question uh, apart from bitcoin exclusive uh, exchanges which other exchanges are more user friendly to go on to if you were to your top 3 exchanges to invest into uh invest into or like to use as invest and, through yeah invest, invest through. through yes 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 uh it depending so th- this would depend on your location so i think uh so wherever you are based see if there's an bitcoin only exchange so so that you're not distracted with everything else that's happening around so in australia as i mentioned there's hard block there's bitaru so and uh in india i'm not sure if there's a bitcoin only exchange so there's wazirex is a good option there it's been it's been there for a while i'm not sure what's the other ones probably need to do more digging and uh, if you're based in us there's swan capital yeah and i think the, uh, yeah just look up bitcoin only exchange and you'll find a bunch mm-hmm. hmm. 
Coinbase, yes. Uh, yeah, uh, that's sort of being captured by the U.S. government again. So okay, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, so Binance so it, is not under U.S. regulations. It, it is. It is. Uh, it, their U.S. operations is obviously under this thing. But I think, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I mean, w- once you start getting a little more technical, like as I mentioned, like going down, like as we progress further down this crypto. bitcoin like digital currency realm there's going to be there's soon going to be regulations which are going to come hard they still they still want to maintain their currency issuance with them within themselves so they're going to come hard there's going to be they're going to start making stuff illegal so there's going to be lots of there's going to be lots there's going to be a lots of push towards like you know kyc anti money laundering and and the lot and you would want stuff like a, like that a mixer like that tornado catch which was recently captured by the US government where you can disconnect your identity from your wallet and mm. they've not, and they are not able to do that with bitcoin okay yeah fair enough well that's that's an interesting conversation man and uh, yeah. yeah kind of uh, i don't know if it kind of adds more layers or unlayers the whole thing <laughs> which is i think the nature of uh, crypto at this stage yes but the one good thing to know is that uh, the more we move forward uh, the weeding out process seems to be pretty fast and and within a few months to a year we'll know uh, what sort of stakeholders we have in the crypto world and which other horses to back to yes yes uh, of course yeah and and uh, it like if i think it, as you mentioned like you know whether ethereum will become like a bigger player or not I, mm. ethereum has an uh, since it's being captured it's also being marketed as the next big thing like as the next digital currency it's been it's been highlighted by the world economic uh, economics forum and like it's been like climate change forums have been like pushing for ethereum I, and that's all because it's been captured by the regulators right so they can sort of control uh, control that protocol so another another interesting thing that like one of the researchers that i look up to what she uh, pointed out is ethereum could even flip the price of bitcoin the same way that dollars have flipped the price of gold like the same way the total market cap of dollars has increase in terms of the market cap of gold the same way ethereum mm. could possibly yeah flip bitcoin but yeah so and and non non crypto last question for you mere sure, uh, sure. would be so how how the podcast being received and uh, what is your plan with your podcast in the future where are you taking it uh the podcast is been received good like i remember like you we having this conversation the last time you were on like you know and i mentioned something on the lines of uh jujitsu and like how ha- the belt creating was there and you mm-hmm. rightly pointed out like but 
like you know like if i'm doing jiu jitsu i'm graded as per my techniques i'm graded as per various mm-hmm. things and you said like so how are you going to grade your podcast and like i never thought mm-hmm. about it right like and like obviously one thing that is decent uh, like one thing that's actually there to be graded about is the the number of people that are tuning in which ac- which uh which somewhat dropped towards uh after like after having you on so so, so somewhat dropped in the months of yeah i think i i'd slowed down i'd not i'd taken a break of it so mm-hmm. so then to re then it was like a restart problem and then okay. now it's picked up nicely i have like a new bunch like a new people i have new bunch of people tuning in there's new people that are supporting me and sharing it with their audiences i've been speaking mm-hmm. to other podcasters from different parts of australia different parts of the world and like so like we are pro- sort of pushing each other to like do well and like yeah and mm-hmm. in terms of self improvement as like that's just gets i mean i i think just having these conversations helps me like better myself like compared to like if you go back listen to the first few and like i think i've seen a, a good change in doing mm-hmm. this and plus like in the post recording stuff and like everything else yeah uh-huh. so it looks it looks like you've come back with merit 2.0 looks like far more <laughs> uh, visionary at the moment so that is that is always good news so i'm excited to see where your podcast goes from here and i'll surely be following it and sharing it within my network so thank you for doing this and thank you for no uh, will being willing to turn the tables today yeah thanks of thanks for making the time and thanks for like you know taking this offer up and like you know asking me questions uh, out asking me all these questions and and i i came to you because like the last time we had this conversations i said like you had like a good sense of asking questions from a general public's point of view like you know when when i'm talking one on one with other people they've like it's it's good like we i get to know more about themselves and all that, uh, and all of that but when i was speaking to you i had like had a different feel like in, in terms more of like what the audience how the audience is going to receive it and stuff like that so mm-hmm. thanks for putting that across and like you know changing yeah, the dynamics yeah i'm glad i'm glad cuz uh, i mean I, I, and it does tend to happen uh, with most subject matter experts that it uh, the the topics that they talk around uh, right. tends to become a bit too esoteric and and it, it, and we are all guilty of it i mean yes. uh, if if i'm talking about uh, my subjects of expertise it, then mm. there's a lot that i would assume that people know and and the reality couldn't yes. be uh, yes. couldn't be anything different so yeah so i'm i'm glad that you you kind of had that insight and uh, I, i appreciate that and i wish you all the best to continue on this journey and uh, hopefully your podcast can touch and uh, and entertain and and in uh, and inform people as well thanks tofik thanks and yeah once again thanks for doing this today and like thanks for making the time and hopefully we can absolutely. chat soon yeah absolutely if you're coming down to sydney come to my shows you always y- yes 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 for sure see ya uh, see ya bye bye, bye. Uh, thanks guys for tuning in and if you enjoyed the show all i ask is that you share it with one other person And I also recommend that you use podcasting 2.0 apps like Breeze or Fountain FM. I'll link them down below. This will help you earn Bitcoin while you listen and it will also help support the show. Once again, thanks for tuning in and I'll see you in the next one.